Episode 77 of the Football Fitness Federation podcast is with the head of performance at Borussia Dortmund, Andreas Beck. He's our first guest over from the Bundesliga, so it was great to catch up with Andreas. He spoke about the current position of his players in regards to coronavirus. He spoke about the players gradually being introduced back into into training in small groups. He spoke about incorporating injury prevention exercises and how they go about building robustness with the players. And then we also touched on how they factor in the demanding work schedule throughout the season. So with all the competitions, obviously Bundesliga and the cup competitions, but also Champions League and all the travel as well. And then Andrea spoke about some of the um, practitioners that have been over to Borussia Dortmund and been into the club to help the staff. So the, um, the likes of some previous guests like Jonas Dodu um, has been over to the club and they've, they've worked closely together. So it was great to touch on all those areas with Andreas. Um, and there's obviously some great work going on at Borussia Dortmund. And he was kind enough to give me a virtual tour as well of the training ground after we finished uh, recording the podcast as well, which was great. And I saw some of the players working in isolation. There's there small groups, just two of them at a time, um, but obviously still working hard in this period as well. So we are still running our iTunes review giveaway. So for the next 10 people, well, nine people now, because we've already had someone put one in, but for the next nine people that leave us an iTunes review, a five-star review, we're going to be giving away a free copy of our Developing Football Speed ebook. So head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review with a short comment, and we'll send you over an ebook. So what you need to do once you've left the comment is screenshot that comment and email it to mail at footballfitfed.com. And then we will send you over the ebook, a free copy of the ebook that's got all of our methodologies on developing football speed, but as well as an eight-week speed program. We'll send that over to the email that you get in touch with us on um, in regards to that screenshot. So head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, and then we'll get that ebook over to you ASAP for the next nine people that leave a review. So act fast so you get your free copy of the ebook. Thank you to everyone for listening. Hope you enjoy the episode with Andreas, and here it is. Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 77. I'm delighted today to be joined by Andreas Beck from Borussia Dortmund, the head of performance. Andreas, how are you? Yeah, fine so far. It's a bit yeah, of a crazy, crazy time. <laughs> it is a crazy time, you're right, at the moment. So what's the what's the current situation over there with, with the players? Yeah, we're uh, back into training, uh, to be honest. Um, after a, a couple of weeks just of, of uh, home office and home training, like, the, like you see uh, all over Instagram, um, we're back, uh, or gone back last week, um, into team training where we just coupled players together with uh, two players just at one time with football and physical preparation and and split them uh, over the whole uh, day so yeah this was this was a pretty busy <laughs> in terms of organization and, and long days for us um, yeah but uh, we managed it very good and yeah next week we're gonna have some bigger groups, but also no contact, no tackling, uh, so no physical contact, uh, keep our uh, distances and uh, yeah, um, obeying the, the, the hygienic uh, 
rules from the authorities. Yeah, it's a, it's a testing time, isn't it? It's a time when yeah. uh, we're put in situations that we don't no- normally get put in. We have to adapt to it. So it's it's interesting to hear how different clubs in, in different areas are preparing at this time. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Do you want to yeah. just take us back? Because obviously we've touched there on the current situation, but take us back through your career so far. I've, I've obviously mentioned your current role, Head of Performance at Borussia Dortmund. But do you want to take us back to where you've been in your career so far? Yes. Um, at least I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, after, after university or while being at the university, I, I, uh, my original career plan was uh, to go for a PhD and, and stay in, in training science, uh, training science research, but um, it got interrupted. Um, then, uh, when I got a call from, from a club, um, FC Nuremberg, he was the first uh, league club in. It was in uh, 2007. Um, I just graduated, and uh, yeah, I moved over uh, and uh, found my way into football. Then, after five years. Uh, at uh, Nuremberg, um, Borussia Dortmund came around and asked me to join them in a team. So um, after doing everything on my own at, at uh, Nuremberg, and started to build everything from the ground up. In a way, um, yeah, I I changed to a bigger team. So we were three at this time with the head of uh, performance at this time, Andreas Dr. Andreas Schumer. He's well known German Federation uh, and. Um, yeah, it's a capacity in, in rehab, um, and I learned a lot from him. And then uh, when he left, with uh, when Jurgen Klopp uh, resigned in Dortmund, um, Thomas Tuchel came with his own uh, physical performance when Joanna tried. So he took over all the, the um, uh, on-field work, and I uh, I had my place in, in rehab, which which also chose my mind because I had there my own responsibility and I could build a criteria-based program for the club and stuff like this. Um, It was a really good time. I learned a lot. Um, I developed myself in in this role. But then um, when Thomas also left, um, yeah, they promoted me to be the head of performance and uh, we had to fill the gap in rehab with um, uh, with our best academy rehab coach at this time. This was Anke Steffen, so the first woman in pro uh, football. Uh, but she left us, unfortunately, to Norwich uh, la- uh, last year. So we filled that gap again. And uh, now here we are in a team of four uh, with a data analyst uh, flow. Uh, who is here since eight years, uh, who does all the on-field work uh, with me and Johannes Weaver, who does the rehab. So, oh, that's so awesome. And I, we're going we're gonna to dive into um, the rehab side of your preparation just shortly because I know there's loads of stuff we can go into in, in that regard. Well, just to yeah. start with, you mentioned there about all the changes at the club and obviously the changes with the head coach. So, What's your experience been with that? How has that affected your role when different coaches with different philosophies come into the club? Yeah, this is... Um, I, have to think. I, I, I think I have nine coaches 
right now in in 12 seasons with just two clubs. And uh, yeah, every every head coach has his own uh, philosophy and style of playing, and therefore the, the physical demands for the players, for the positions, uh, for the preparation, uh, everything changes with that. So, um, but the the underlying principles, how the uh, is our philosophy uh, uh, regarding strength, regarding uh, prevention uh, exercise, regarding endurance capacity. Uh, um, uh, how do we like to, to, to build our energy system development? This is this we try to back off and, and say, okay, this should be coach independent. So um, at least I, it doesn't matter which coach comes now to a club, the program can still run. It's, it's a, uh, we'll touch on that later, I think, but it's a, it's a, it's a robust philosophy. If that makes sense to you. <laughs> oh, definitely. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that robustness is something I want to go straight into because it, it's something that obviously we talk about a lot with players developing robustness and being able to, to get them to make it through a season, hopefully injury-free, but obviously injuries happen in football. So how do you guys approach building robustness with your players? Yeah, at least uh, through those programs. So we have some uh, fixed uh, yeah, content uh, um, on, in the week um, um, on, on when, we, when we go for, for example, in our microcycle to, to match day uh, uh, minus four. Um, there we there we uh, will do some some strength and uh, explosive stuff and uh, some some uh, of the injury prevention uh, lower leg in, in, in injury prevention which are a little bit hard so more that eccentrics uh, and and um, high isometrics uh, and then uh, this maybe we reduce in volume on uh, match day minus three. And then on uh, minus uh, three, we just going for upper body core uh, uh, strength endurance program, like uh, in a Tabata style, for example. Um, and then on minus one, um, more into explosive. Yeah, um, yeah to, to, to get that priming for an exact post-tanic Condensation effect and stuff like this. So this is this is how we, we program a regular week, and from that we go on back. So uh, if we if we don't have a minus four, we still may have a minus three. If we don't have a minus three, we're gonna skip that, and then uh, we're doing the minus uh, two program. So um, this the the content is always depending on okay when is the next game. And this for all the different groups of players, the starters, the, the bench players, and the reserves. So, um, yeah, we, we don't have that team session, but more individual groups within the week because in demanding schedule, some are at minus three, but some are at minus seven. Or those guys who may play with the train with us, but play with the academy. Uh, on a different schedule than in uh, terms of physical preparation. 
it's a challenge we face, isn't it, in terms of managing the individual within the team environment and making sure that everyone is available, really, that but taking into account everyone's different schedules. And we'll go into your busy schedule um, in a little bit because I know over there in terms of the volume of games and Champions League games and there's a lot going on, isn't there? A lot, think, a lot of things to manage, but I think that sort of defines what you were talking about in terms of the head coach. There's, there's principles that stay embedded into the programme. Is that right, what you mean? Um, so in terms of the um, building robustness, those areas and those things that you're working on, are not necessarily going to change depending on the game model because it's still the game. We've still got to prepare those players for that game. Yes, sure. There, there's some stuff we have to discuss with the with the coach when it comes to 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 the the, the on field stuff like uh, um, I don't know high intensity running, uh, and that we don't can. Do, this is just related to the gym based uh, prevention uh, and strength rates. So, uh, the rest still is uh, on. Uh, we have to discuss with the with the coaches and to implement. Uh, and, uh, yeah try to do our best to find a way so everybody is happy with the, with the amount we're doing uh, and uh, um, everybody gets his content in. So um, with a, we have a very good relation to the assistant coaches uh, uh, where they can do forms with the ball. So, so we, we take, can discuss it before, okay, which groups or which players should do uh, should have a high amount of uh, uh, high-speed running or uh, who doesn't take his uh, 90% of Emax uh, uh, since a couple of days. So uh, we have that hamstring injury prevention box ticked. So, um, yeah, they're very open and we're in a good communication. Uh, but this is this is uh, dependent also at the end on the coach but because he, is, uh, he made the decision at the end. And that's good because he's responsible for it. So. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? And they're, they're the ones that have that final say. Um, obviously, you're there to, to guide and assist, aren't you, when, when that's needed? But they do have the, the say at the end of the day on, on certain aspects. Um, I think it'd be great to go into a little bit more detail on that, on that uh, the strength program and the gym-based work that you guys are doing. Because you mentioned the eccentric work, the isometric work that the, the players are doing. So can you go into any more detail in terms of exercise selection and the sort of methodologies around that? Um, at the end, it's it's more like we have an evidence-led approach where we say, okay, good. What what seems to be after uh, the the research the best selection of exercises, uh, volume, intensity, and stuff like this. So. Um, when we go, for example, into hamstring pre uh, pre our hamstring prevention program, where we say okay, get hamstrings, adductors, uh, uh, calf, uh, muscle tears, this should this is the biggest amount of, of, of muscle injuries we, we should prevent, or we can reduce it. This uh, can be beneficial. Then, so we we uh, we try to choose exercises which seem to be beneficial, um, easy to learn, and, and easy to execute. Um, and in the terms of that um, 
especially eccentric exercises uh, induce a lot of uh, belated onset muscle soreness. Um, but when you're used to it, they don't. So it's so um, we have to to also choose exercises which we can do in every situation all across the whole season, in spite of demanding schedule in a, in a, in a, on a regular basis. So, and this is, this is the philosophy we ch uh, choose our exercise or we develop our exercise. So uh, we have, for example, for lower leg strength uh, or lower body strength, the trap or deadlift. This is uh, a main exercise for us. Uh, it's the um, uh, Roman chair iso hold in different variations uh, and uh, from the isometric side. Uh, and it's the Nordic hamstring, for example. So this regards to 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 hamstring injury prevention off field. So. And then how um, would that how would that then relate on field as well? Because obviously we we have both sides going on at the yeah. same time. So so if you um, I'm I'm following uh, very passionate the research of JB Morin and uh, um, for example who does a lot of and these things, and, and he's working with uh, Andres Hagi from Uskal. Uh, he's uh, who, who's going into the detail uh, of how the, the, the muscle is working in, in different situations. So, is eccentric still eccentric, or just a peak torque and stuff like this? So, not diving into deep. At least you should uh, take out what helps, and but what. What's uh, really uh, uh, helping is uh, the, the, to to be confident or to to expose the the, the body regular to that uh, maxi uh, maximum velocity, and this is what we try to take at least two times per week to be at over ninety percent. I think that's not that's that's common sense in, uh, also in the. In a lot of clubs in the Premier League and Bundesliga, but we uh, we really like to to uh, yeah, to do that to really try to take that regularly on match day minus three and within uh, the training on the day uh, after the the technical warm up. So our, our warm up is, is is all in all pretty long. So we we start at. at with a regular warm-up, uh, just physical preparation. Um, and then there always comes a technical part with the ball with the assistant coaches. And after that, before they go into the big game, then uh, we expose them to, to a 90% VMAX on a regular basis. So this is this is our point. Um, at the end, um, we had, for example, Jonas to do here, over here. I don't know if you know him. He's... Uh, is, uh, Jonas has actually been he's been on the podcast before oh okay hi well, I'm going to follow up here. yeah he's a brilliant guy uh, um, I followed I heard him on the podcast the first self then they brought him over for um, uh, intern um, uh, workshop and um, yeah we, we adapted a lot of his uh, stuff and uh, if, if you've done uh, some scissors by yourself over uh, first over t t 20 meters, then over 30 meters, then uh, you'll feel your hammy is really, really good on next day. So uh, this is what we, where we try to sneak in some, some uh, uh, 
some Hemi's work on field. If you if you if you say okay, good, we take the, the, the physical preparation also on the field. I just wanted to give you a few brief updates on our online community so if you're not sure of the community and you've not seen it before we have an online platform for coaches um, to develop their knowledge and skill set so we've got six plus hours of webinars from coaches like AFC Bournemouth sports scientist David Johnson Orlando Prides Evie Casagrande and the Academy Sports Scientist at West Ham, Lewis Coldham, as well as others. They've all done a webinar for us, so you can go and check them out on the community. We've also, we run our networking meetings across the UK, so there's some presentations from our network networking meetings on there from coaches like Will Abbott at Brighton, Adam Kerr, who's now at Leeds, and Jack Naylor up at Celtic, as well as others too. So there's 10 networking meetings available to go and watch on demand on the community as well. And then we've also started uploading some video versions of our podcast too. So the Coping with Coronavirus uh, podcast episode 68 with Andy Johnson, Ross Bennett, and Joel Carter, that's available to watch as is the episode with Jared Robert Smith from Stoke City. Tom Williams as well from Toronto FC. His is uploaded to the community. And we're just in the process um, at the moment, um, just, just waiting for the slow internet to speed up a little bit. Andy Bowles' podcast will be available very soon on the community as well. So that is episode 76, the episode just before this one. Um, great episode with Andy we've had some great feedback on that episode as well um, from lots of coaches getting in touch but the graphics that Andy refers to in the episode are going to be on the video as well so if you want to watch back when that is available hopefully as soon as possible um, by the time this goes out hopefully it will be uploaded onto our community on YouTube um, fingers crossed so if you want to access the community you can get a free month's trial by going to footballfitfed.com, click the community tab at the top, sign up there, you get a free month, and then after that free month it is only £4.99 per month. But going forward, we do have some top quality webinars lined up that are going to be um, coming up very soon, as well as when we can get back into our networking events when the lockdown is over and we can get some in-person events going again. The future meet uh, the future presentations from the meetings will be uploaded onto the community as well, so you get access to all of that going forward too. So head over footballfitfed.com, click the community tab, sign up there, get your free month, and get involved. Here's the rest of the episode with Andrea. And one thing I spoke so we got, to we got, we got <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. The reward the reward goes to Jonathan in this case. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. Though one thing that we we spoke about in the episode with Jonas was the difference in identifying the the sort of area that a player needs to work. Whether it is the the sort of physical side, the output side, do they need to simply get stronger and produce more force, or is it related a little bit more to the game in terms of learning positions, reading the game better, reacting reacting certain stimuli on the pitch? So, how does that fit into your your sort of preparation is, is that come into play or is that simply sort of dealt with it with the technical coaches because they're, they're working on that with the players and then this side is more the physical side yes at least we're we're a little bit separated in this case we're not so far in in, in our program i uh, i like the approach 
also the, um, uh, to to establish a false velocity profile. Um, I had that in mind since uh, a couple of years, and 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 JV came up with it. Um, but in reality, we didn't we didn't we, in the priority to do the basic stuff good. <laughs> At first, in the first place, uh, we're still uh, uh, at this point at the end. And this is maybe then uh, the, the, the next level we're trying to. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. And uh, I said we were going to sort of touch on the schedule over there, Andreas, as well, because I know obviously it's a little bit different at the moment, but when we're into the season, normally we've got Champions League, we've got cup games, you've got the league games, you've got all the travel going on. How does that affect the sort of workload and what sort of considerations do you have to take into your approach with the players? Yeah, that's that was really a problem. Um, we tried to solve it, at least with a model, the acute to chronic workload model by Gabbard. We have had him here last uh, month also, or this, no, last month. He was he was here for, for a workshop, but... Um, uh, it was more to, to educate our academy staff just so they can work with the model too. Um, I know every model, if, if there's criticism, there's a lot of criticism out there um, with it. Uh, but um, for us, it works because it, help, it helps us making us decisions and gives them some quick overview about the, the terms, how, um, um, how we, we see the players. So we have for every, every player... Um, we have a playing profile. So out of the data from the game, there's a camera system based in every stadium in the Bundesliga and for um, Champions League games, um, we um, we uh, uh, let them track by our own. Uh, so we, 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 uh, we hire them, so they, uh, the, the company, so they track our uh, check our games so we have a closed loop and, and every game and we can inject those data into our uh, our uh, uh, GPS system um, so we have a uh, um, good overview about the, the chronic workload uh, the players are at, at this moment and out of the player profile and the demanding schedule um, we can assume how much does he need and um, therefore we can top we try to top him up so in uh, uh, with the starting uh, players and those who are rotating in and uh, have their, their game exposure um, then we don't have any fitness problems but those over a couple of weeks who don't play that much those those uh, uh, reserve players um, we have to top them up, and this is um, either when we when we have less than three games, um, uh, so less than three games uh, days to the next game, we will top it up uh, right after the game. Otherwise, on the next day, because then that this obviously is. allows the squad to then be available, doesn't it? And for the for the coaching staff, that's obviously the. From their point of view, that's obviously a key role of yours, isn't it, for that availability? 
yeah, the, the availability, first thing is injury-free, and the second team is uh, second point is ready. So um, if they have to substitute uh, uh, an, an, an player after 20 minutes because um, he, he's physically not ready to play, then we'll, they, they will shout on us. But at the end, we are in a good communication, and uh, we talk before if a player is ready or not. So, and... Um, we're gonna follow this this concept, and sure, we 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 did, uh, it, uh, it developed over the time. But um, we tried to educate the players very very soon as to why we're doing things, and, and um, with covenant saying, okay, hey, um, it, because you have to top up after the the training, it's not because you're. Um, um, uh, you do train bad, like it was maybe uh, 30 years ago, but um, um, you're, you don't hit your physical. If you don't do that here and right now, you're maybe not ready at the game because what you're doing is uh, maybe for an offensive midfielder is, is pressing all the time. It's a very high uh, uh, physical demand. And the trade, but the training load for that uh, center, uh, center back was uh, sufficient. So, but for you and your position, uh, you need may need more today. So, and um, this this took a while. That this is uh, based on their individual players' profile and their their strength. Um, and but uh, yeah, they sometimes it's hard <laughs> still <laughs> to convince them. But um, on on regular basis, they they go for it and uh, do it because we just do it as much as they need. So, yeah, you like I think you're right. A few years ago, it would have been seen as like a punishment when they to do that extra running. But now I think players understand a little bit more that to play at these high levels, to be put into a Champions League game or a Bundesliga top of the table fixture, you need to be ready, don't you? Otherwise, the bodies are going to break down. I think in our role, compliance is uh, is, uh, is the only way you can uh, make players do um, efficiently what they need. Uh, if they if they do it because they think they were punished or threatened, then then the efficiency goes out of the window uh, because they don't feel it alive. They just yeah. They just uh, do do what they told to, but they're not happy with it. And this, with, with the compliance to to work hard, maybe also to suffer in in certain times, even if it's a bad situation for them. So, uh, just then, then they also, in my experience, um, even if if they don't play at this time, a role for the team that there's someone who's care with them and keep them up on it. So when the situation comes and they jump in, so they fit and they can show uh, their, that they're worth uh, to play and have their value for the team. Um, this this uh, also yeah is an important factor then to 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 keep them fit. So education and compliance, I think, for of the players is is a very big thing in our role as a for, as a physical trainer. No, definitely. And I, I wanted to ask, Andreas, in terms of like your education, but the, the, your staff's education, I think you mentioned about having interns as well. So 
where where do you do your sort of professional development now? Is it uh, is it getting people into the club like you mentioned about Jonas and, and Tim Gabbert? Um, where would you point people to sort of develop as practitioners? Um, I would say I'd, today um, I learn more from practitioners and how they organize things and how they do they apply certain ideas, uh, um, what comes out of the research in, in, in their context uh, and they're working in. Um, and from this, uh, to be honest, I learned more than, than pure from, from research uh, itself. Um, so I would advise anybody to, to reach out, to get experience. So if you, if you, if you want to, do good, to, 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 to work in team sport someday, start to work in team sport, even at a, a low, I start with tennis players and, and hockey players at, at first while I was st still studying. But uh, the experience you get, okay, how does a team work? How does it feel to be on field? How to speak in front of a group, of a group uh, is really important. Uh, more than the, how you apply the knowledge is more important than the knowledge itself, in my opinion. So um, uh, reach out, get your experience, and then at, and then on, on top, try to always ask yourself, how important is that? what you want to teach and uh, in which priority would you mind? What's, what's your top priority and go from there. And if you don't fulfill it, then uh, uh, leave the rest on the side. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here because I'm not prepared you for this one, but I wanted to ask what, who have been some of the biggest influences on your career, whether that be people involved in the game or, like it could be anyone, couldn't it? So, and I know there's obviously a lot, but if you could narrow it down to just a few, who would you say have, have been the most influential? For yeah, there, 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 there were um, there were a lot of. Um, it, it depends on the stage of the, of, of the career where I was at the moment who had the most influence on me. So, at first it was uh, at the, at the university. Uh, my first mentor was. Uh, Klaus Wirt, he was uh, at a training science department where I worked in, in, at the university um, from Dietmar Schmidtbleicher. Um, so he's uh, well known for strength uh, research in, in Germany and uh, also international in, in the times of uh, the 90s and 2000s, around that. Um, so he influenced me a lot of how to, how to, to, to dive into to, uh, uh, yeah, science, science research, uh, uh, to do no compromises, to, um, to read them, to uh, analyze it and stuff like this. And then later, um, I, when I uh, came to, to the world, in the real world of, uh, of, of football and sports and context, and then sure, there was... Um, uh, Andreas Schlumberger, he, he worked uh, also at a rehab facility for uh, the physiotherapist of the German Federation. Um, had a lot of contact with uh, high-level footballers. Was an, is an expert in, in in movement, in movement application, 
in, in thinking about in screening um, and uh, has a uh, yeah has sensed me for for a lot of things how 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 I see movement uh, so which was then the next step and then um, I think Mike Boyle came around the corner so um, with uh, with a lot of great stuff a couple of years ago and then yeah, diving next to it then yeah some uh, the network starts and then uh, uh, guys like like uh, Gabbett, uh, JB Mourin, uh, Jonas, um, Martin Boucher, Martin Boucher, uh, I talked to him when we uh, faced Paris. Uh, this this was a great time. Laden Jovanovic can give a shout out. Yeah? Uh, uh, I took a lot of, of him and how he sees uh, things into my own work. Um, yeah, those are those are my uh, my inf influential people right now. Yeah, and for then ResearchGate is <laughs> is definitely definitely the main thing to go to. Yeah, and a lot of lot of good podcasts. Yeah, to listen to a lot of people talking about things and maybe just grab one two ideas set into my context and say, okay, let's let's try to do that. Oh, that's awesome. It's great to hear the sort of timeline of your career and the different people. And obviously, I know there will be a lot, but it, and it's hard to narrow it down sometimes, isn't there? But some good names there. And we've had Mike Boyle on the podcast as well. And I think that was, <laughs> uh, it was an interesting, it's always an interesting chat with Mike, isn't it? And hearing what he's got to say. Yeah, this is, uh, he, is he has always, he has so much experience um, in, in, uh, in, in the real world and uh, it's always worth to listen to him and uh, it gives it's, it, at the end if you listen carefully to him it gives you a shortcut <laughs> yeah. so um, you're not allowed to that that's another advice so I was allowed in 2007 jumping in uh, the, 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 the the field was open I was I was allowed to make mistakes I was wasn't to, to, allowed to do it today um so I learned a lot of it, but uh, if you jump into a position like this, in these times, you're not allowed to do the, those mistakes. So you better listen carefully to those people who work in, in, that, uh, in that positions and uh, don't yeah, be calm and <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> watch no, out. I think that's top advice. And I think there's some been, been some great information in the episode, Andrea. So I really appreciate you coming on and doing it. If anyone wants to sort of reach out, if they've got questions or they wanted to just build a network and reach out to you, is there anywhere they can do that? Uh, I think the best is uh, on LinkedIn. I think this is uh, this is my my professional social network uh, at the end. Um, so um, if you have any 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 training related questions or or uh, content related questions, I'll, I'll be there. Maybe I'm I'm not answering right away, but uh, I will answer. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Absolutely perfect. And I appreciate your time today. Um, I know it's a busy period, especially like you say, we're working with the players in small groups at the moment. It's probably as busy a period as ever for you. So I really appreciate you giving up some time and coming on to the podcast. And um, when the season does get going and we have a bit better idea of when the games are, I wish you all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye. 
Thank you very much for listening and big thank you to Andreas for giving up his time. It was great to chat with him. Um, he's a top, top guy. And like I said at the start of the episode, he was he was great, grateful enough to give me a, um, or kind enough, should I say, to give me a tour of the training ground, a virtual tour of the training ground, which is amazing. So I really appreciate him coming on. Um, big thank you to him for giving up his time and he did mention as well I know he mentioned a lot of practitioners that have been into the club but he wanted to sort of underline that he, he missed Laura Bowen out so Dr Laura Bowen he, he gave you a big shout out after the present um, sorry after the podcast had finished and he, he sent me over a link to the presentation that he talked about in the episode as well um, so I will put the link to Dr Laura Bowen's presentation the YouTube version I'll put it in the show notes so you can go and check that out um, but it was great to hear him speak about some of the practitioners that he's tied in with the likes of Tim Gabbert Jonas Dodu JB Marin um, plus many others as well that I know that um, have influenced what's going on over at Bristol Dortmund so it was great to catch up with him Again, there was loads of takeaways in this one. I'm finding it quite hard at the moment to narrow it down to just a few. But I think one of the main ones for me was where we talked about the different managers, the different approaches. And Andreas basically said, yeah, there are certain things we have to tie in with the manager, but there's also some underlying principles that stay in place as well. So, And that probably sounds quite obvious to a lot of people, but I think that was a one of the takeaways for me. Some of the, some of the areas need discussing, I think he said, with the head coach, um, such as um, high-speed running, uh, exposure and things like that. So that was great to get from him. And then he touched on compliance as well. So how important compliance was with the players and especially in this time. And it was interesting to hear that his players are now back in training, albeit in small groups. And I said at the start of the episode that when he did his, his virtual tour for me that there was a couple of players working in, in the gym but they were literally working individually there was one player on one side they've got a little screen in the middle of the gym so one player on one side one player on the other so they were basically working in twos throughout the day so I think there were pretty long days going on over there but it was a way of getting players in to get the work done so I really enjoyed this episode with Andreas he was a, a top top man really really kind of him to give up his time and um, yeah, hopefully we'll chat with him again soon. I know he's he's doing, I've seen on, on social media that he's doing a few online webinars. So I would recommend to go and check those out. Um, he isn't on Twitter, but you can go and catch him on LinkedIn. Just search his name, Andreas Beck. And um, I'm sure he'd be interested in getting into any questions or conversations that you guys have for him. But Massive thank you again for listening. I hope you're enjoying these extra episodes. We've had some great feedback on some of the shows recently. Um, the likes of Shane Murphy, Tom Williams, um, Andy Balls, the last episode. So keep getting in touch. It's great to hear from you guys that we're not just speaking to nobody. Um, and like I say, if you, could, if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a review, that would be massively appreciated. And we will send you over that free copy of an ebook, like I mentioned at the start of the episode. So big thanks again for listening and we'll be speaking to you again later in the week with the second episode of the week.